should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we're determined to find out how many licks it takes to get to the center of this sweet fascist lollipop. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the now and later to my starburst. Benedict, what's your favorite taffy-style candy? Do you, are we including Starburst in that? I think it's, see, that's why I got it. I don't know okay. what else to describe a starburst as. Other than a taffy style, because it's like imitating saltwater taffy, right? That's basically. I don't know that it's imitating saltwater taffy. I think. I mean, it's it's. Is there another kind of taffy? Chewy, laffy taffy, freshwater taffy. (laughs) Presumably, it's it's cousin. Um, I don't know. Okay, so in the UK, I don't know if you have them here. There's these things called refreshers that are what I could only describe as like sherbet flavored taffy, which is. Uh, but like very chewy and they used to cost like 10p i'm sure they cost like one pound 20 now what is a p what is a p uh uh, 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 well (laughs) (laughs) uh, the equivalent of a cent so they used to cost like 10 cents from like the okay i'm again outing myself but here we go from the from the tuck shop (laughs) at my school Which is where you could go and buy cheap, uh, cheap look, recess in that candy. photo of Bojo wearing the coat with tails, you're just that's off me. to the side. That's me. They yeah, just yeah. cut you out a little bit of the photo. That's all it was. Yeah, that's it. Essentially, yeah. You, as if you can't tell from the way I talk and am as a person. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think refresh is probably um, is my answer. And they're like, they, they probably should be, like, they taste like they should be illegal. Okay. Like meth? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a block of meth that they make into taffy. All right. All right. That's Um, tolerable. What about you? I'm going to go for the banana Laffy Taffy. Banana flavor in particular. So refreshers are the same color as that, but taste radically different. See, but a lot of people hate on the banana flavoring. You're either, you either, there's like no in between on banana flavoring. You love it or you hate it. And I love the banana flavoring. I'm Mm. all about it. So I'm all about that banana Laffy Taffy. I will go into a diabetic coma (laughs) on Laffy Taffy. (laughs) But anyways, Benedict, you probably know what it is that we do here on this program. Some folks, folks who prefer now and laters, because that's the whole thing I was trying to shit on uh, (laughs) with this, uh, they may not know what it is that we do here on this program. Uh, And then I would say that, yes, I do have a giant tub of of now and laters next to me because I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how bad they were. Before I bought them, uh, bought, but did also, you Costco, did you Costco buy them? I, no, I bought them on Amazon. I'm like, okay. I need something sweet in my life, and uh, now and later's, and it was a giant tub, and I'm like, oh, that's cheap. It's like ten bucks, and uh, turns out there's a reason it's ten bucks. It's because they're bad. It's because now mm. and later's a bad candy. Uh, but I would also say to them that this is a show where we go deep, 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 deep. To review a chapter, I can't, I have to change it. I just realized my notes are not changed. Are you a chapter in a work of conservative fiction or nonfiction? Or no, I need to add an or. Or nonfiction. And in between, taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week? Yeah, I do. 
and it stems from my uh, bookshelf recommendation, mm-hmm. which is okay. Let me do the bookshelf recommendation first, and then I can. Talk oh, about you want to flip the entire order of the show this week without telling me ahead of time? Yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, okay, I don't have to. I, 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 my, it, it, it just brought up some thoughts, that's all. So my bookshelf recommendation is called, uh, well, it's The Twelve, um, which is a, a Flemish show from Belgium um, of a show called De Twelve. Which okay. Is, so my hot take is that Flemish is a very silly language, first of all. Um, and second of all, I think I am terrified to be judged by a jury of my peers. Is the other <laughs> The other thing that I... Because everyone's a fucking idiot that, like, are susceptible to their own biases and no one's judging anything objectively. So that's insane and terrifying. Um, The 12... So uh, the the premise of the show, essentially, is that a woman is on trial for... Uh, murdering her best friend like 20 years ago and then also accidentally killing her. Is this fiction or non-fiction? It's fiction, but it's like... um, Yeah, and and again, it follows the jury and it, like, shows, like like what they experience, like why they are the way that they are in the jury trial, all that kind of stuff. So it's like um, somebody saw 12 angry men and, and came up with a, why, why don't we go was, more into these people's backstories version? Exactly. Of show, yeah. Ba- it, basically they made a movie into a series essentially. Okay. <laughs> and then also they weren't all men because you know, yeah, diversity times exists change. now. Yes. Kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was still a homophobic dude on the, on the panel though. So some things don't change. Yeah. No, they're never getting rid of that. No, um, so, but it, yeah, it just went into all their backstories. But uh, apparently in Belgium, you only have to have a majority vote. Um, that, that you don't bad. have to have, a, yeah, that you don't have like to a have problem. a unanimous vote. So if it's six against six, it's an acquittal. If it's seven against five, it's a like recommended conviction. And then the judges, there's a panel of three judges that are allowed to vote. And then they, so they, if the, if the jury is split seven, five, the judges get to vote on whether the person's guilty or not. And then if the jury is eight, four or higher, then that just carries the, the verdict. I'll say that's interesting. Yeah, that's not how we do it in the US. No, apparently I'm the US sure is unusual in that though. I, I was looking this up. Apparently the US is unusual in, in needing unanimous decisions for conviction. Yeah, I kind of like it that way. I yeah, kind of like yeah, it that I way. Yeah, I do too. Especially given how fucking trigger happy we are. With yeah, le- given everything. that we already have plenty of innocent people in prison. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels well, like let's not that's take That's largely away the because they plead guilty because they don't want to go through it, right? That's no, like the... well, it depends. There, there are a lot of people who pled guilty, but the more common cause of wrongful convictions is a single eyewitness. So a lot of wrongful conviction cases hinge on a single eyewitness. Usually it's a cross-racial identification, which are even less accurate than than identifications made of somebody who's the same race as you. Are you saying people are objectively, subjectively, whatever, racist and can't tell what people look like? No, it's not not an issue of race. And, you know, I've been involved with cases where we had, uh, you know, scientist PhDs testify on the issues of wrongful convictions with uh, eyewitnesses. Um, And it's more along the lines of generally because of the way the United States is, um, if you are of a certain race, you spend most of your time with other people of that same race. Now, there's an inherent structural racism that leads to why that is the way it is. Uh, But it's more of a thing where you don't recognize facial features that are common to people of a different race the same way you do of people of your own race. And eyewitness identification of someone of your own race is bad enough already. 
your mind is not a video recorder. It's very easily, yeah. very easy to convince yourself that someone looked like something that they didn't. Uh, if you see someone after the fact who you're told is, anyways, we are getting way off into the weeds. Sorry. Here. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of racism, I guess that could be my hot take for the day. Is uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of racism, the Belgians have a stupid <laughs> fucking language, and they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> but every time they introduce a new character, it'd be like, "This is Vicky de Kloopers," and you'd be like, "Shut the fuck up!" I can't like anything she says. Do you seriously. watch a sub or a dub of this show? What do you watch? Sub. You watch sub. a sub. I, Unless it's a cartoon, I always watch subs because oh. I, I can't stand the like the mouth not matching the the See, words. But I don't out. stare really at a screen whenever I'm watching something. I'm usually usually something is playing in the background while I'm doing. Well, the other actually, things, so that's I, why I do you know, I, I I I do it so that I'm not just looking at my phone while I'm watching TV a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. like, it's like a, now I need to take a break and actually watch TV <laughs> situation. Anyway, sorry. What's your hot take? Uh, my hot take, Benedict. Uh, eyewitness identification is very fraught with inaccuracy sure. should not be trusted to convict people uh in the united states or any country because you can't remember what someone looked like if you don't know them ahead of time trust me experiments done plenty of times people don't remember what somebody looks like who they saw yep. for a short period of time in a fraught nope, situation that makes sense yep also uh, memories lie to you your own <laughs> memories are lying to you i had another time. one prepared but i'm gonna go with that for today okay, so that's, that's a good one well you're welcome that i inspired it so benedict since i can't ask you what's on your bookshelf since you broke well format, it is flemish flemish show to 12 <laughs> thanks for asking you know you gonna ask me the question you know put it out there just nope. stay silent i don't care what yours is well benedict you know what's on my bookshelf today <laughs> you dick uh, Everything You Love Will Burn by Vegas Tenold. Um, it's a book I think he used to write. Oh, is this a, a book? Wow. It's a book. It's a book. It's a book I read uh, on the cruise a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's nice. a fantastic book. Um, and I can't remember where Vegas Tenold writes now. I think he might have been at Vice for a time or Vanity Fair. Uh, he's very good. It's a very, very good book. Um, and he um, followed around a lot of Nazis. He followed around oh. a lot of Nazis. That's what he did in the book. Did, um, did Steven Seagal also do that, but by accident, <laughs> because he agreed with them? No Steven Seagal connection. Uh, but uh, there is a lot of connection to Unite the Right. And, uh, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on the name of one of the main instigators of Unite the Right, whose name I am forgetting right now. Richard anyway, Spencer? No, uh, Matt, Matthew, what's his Heimbach. Matthew Heimbach is one of the main characters um, of the story, he's the founder of the Traditionalist Workers Party, uh, which is a break off of just the general neo-Nazi movement. And we're going to be talking about all these people eventually. It's a very good book. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Go ahead and check it out. It's probably hard to find. It, it's it's not a widely published book. I think the version I have is a used copy from a library that has that big uh, stamp on it that says it's not illegal to own anymore. Anyways, Benedict, why don't we move on? into housekeeping this week remember sure. to rate and review us on the itunes follow us on the social medias at nygbc pod and at nygbc ben uh updates i don't have any updates this week better but you know what we do have is some new new world spooky world order blah inductees into the spooky world new world order blah indeed oh i have an update we're back up to four stars on itunes so thank nice. you to my friend that did that nice keep going we need a buffer but keep going <laughs> but thank you yeah uh but of course better we have to induct our newest patrons into the spooky world new world order blah and of course that would be dapper dinosaur you are now part of our new world spooky world order and I need a little breaky from living through major world events. You are now part of our. New world spooky world order. 
Thank you both oh so very much. We love having patrons. Of course, if you would like to join we the do. Spooky World New World Order, blah, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can and drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. With all that out of the way, Benedict, we now go <laughs> to our weekly video clip of Steven no. Seagal, which no, you probably no, thought no. was going away, didn't you? You I thought did, we yeah. were going to get away from that. <laughs> we just discussed keeping this closer to an hour for this type of episode, and they're going to make me listen to Yes, Steven you are, Benedict. Um, and Steven Seagal, being a, a, a punchy man and a, a, a video guy over the years, he's done lots oh, of interviews. Oh, you have to apologize to some of our patients. Yeah, okay, that that's, a, that's an update section. Look, I don't know martial arts. I don't know anything about them. Did I call uh, a, a, a boxing not a mixed martial art? I think that might have been art? my one. I think I said, I, I think I said, is boxing really a martial art in a dismissive term? Ah, so it's uh, your so fault I for apologize. once. I apologize for that one if I did. <laughs> also, uh, I was informed that I was pronouncing Aikido wrong most of okay. the episode when we were talking about Steven Seagal. Apparently sure. I was saying like Aikido or something. I don't know. I, Anyways. I don't know why this um, we we apologize for all of our martial arts transgressions, uh, and we will be in the best of Steven Seagal form, uh, appropriating Japanese culture and committing seppuku uh, immediately upon conclusion. This of the is episode. this is where our listeners find it, find out that we don't actually know anything. <laughs> and we just we just say things confidently. Look, man, I had like two years of karate as a kid, so I feel like yeah. I know a lot. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So this is a compilation somebody put together of a lot of interviews of Seagal talking about other martial arts guys and action movie people at the time. Uh, And the first clip we're going to hear him is him uh, on the Arsenio Hall show, the interview we've talked about a lot. But here it goes. Since you've been here last for Hard to Kill, we've had a lot of action adventure stars popping out of the woodwork. Uh, Do you go watch the other guys? What do you think of... Jeff Speakman or uh, Van Damme. Van Damme. Do you know Van Damme? No. I love the way he no. pronounces Van Damme. Do you know Van, Van Damme? Damme. <laughs> like, come on. We all just, we know he's Belgian. Also ties into Stupid your Stupid fucking today. language. Because <laughs> everyone it, knows you know, it's, you know it's not Van Damme. It's Van Damme or something fucking stupid. It probably is something pronounced dis- differently. Yeah, but come on. This is America. We all call him Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's what he is. The muscles from Brussels, baby. That's it. Uh. (laughs) let's start with him steven Uh, what what do you think of of his work as a martial artist first (laughs) well i mean because like you guys go back to the martial arts world before you were movie stars right i mean he was like a a champion somewhere and right i mean you well I mean, I, I just promised all my mentors that I was going to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a matter of opinion, that he was a champion anywhere. It is, as a matter of fact, Benedict, not a, a matter, matter of, of fact. whether Jean-Claude <laughs> was a champion anywhere. Uh, Van Damme was a member of the Belgian karate team when it won the European Karate Championships in okay. 1979. Uh, he played second at the Challenge Coupe d'Espoir Karate Tournament. I probably mispronounced all of that wrong. Uh, that was okay. Coup d'espoir. Coup d'espoir. That's, that's how I should say it. Um, in uh, 1980, uh, he competed against his former teammate Patrick Tugels. 
at the uh, Valera Professional Karate Association Light Heavyweight World Championship bout and defeated him, becoming a, a, a literal champion. Um, then, uh, yeah, he's, he's had a lot. Um, he, uh, from 1977 to 1982, he had a record of 18 knockouts and one defeat in full contact karate. He is in fact a champion, <laughs> but okay. Steven very much does not want to, uh, l- let that fact uh, be real. It's no, it's a matter of opinion. By the way, I should also mention, and I think I mentioned this on our episode about Steven, Steven never in his life competed in any martial arts tournaments. He has never competed. That is why a lot of people call him completely bullshit. And and I mean, you know, I'm not being catty or anything. I wish the guy all the best. But there are an awful lot of people who say that that's not true. How about Jeff Speakman? Nice guy, huh? Uh, I mean, I, I was very good friends with his teacher. Uh, you know, Ed Park was a, a good friend of mine, and um, he seems like a, a real good, a real good guy. This kid, I, I've never met him, but he seems like a good kid. Who's the most legitimate Hollywood tough guy, in your opinion? You accept it, of course. When you say tough guy, do you mean martial artist or just tough I mean, guy? I mean, Stephen, for real. If he was on the street and there was a situation, you wanted this Hollywood guy by your side because he could defend himself. That hard he, to think of a legit he loves a dramatic pause. Think of one? No, I think the problem here is that Stephen refuses to recognize that there's anyone tougher than him. Yeah. Including, I should mention, the guy who choked him out and made him shit himself. Well, yeah. <laughs> as well as the comparison a lot of people make is Michael Jai White, who is, of course, a legit tough guy and complete fucking all-around badass. Um, who has had his own conflicts with Steven over the years. So anyways, that's the gist of these <laughs> clips that I was going to play for today. Steven can't figure out who's tough. Nobody's tough because, you know, Steven's here, so nobody can come up on his level. That's what it's all about. That's right. Oh, boy. Anyways, okay. Benedict, with that out of the way, yes. why don't we finally get into the greatest book ever written? Uh, yes, 100%. Let's go. The Way of am, the Shadow Wolves. I am Wolves. so pumped for this. And and I feel like I haven't been emphasizing the subtitle of this book, but it feels, after having now read four chapters, it feels like I have to say this every time. Oh, you didn't the read full the full title chapter? is The Way of the Shadow Wolves, The Deep State, and The Hijacking of America. Oh, it's very much about the deep state. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it absolutely is, Benedict. Uh, and no, I know you, you probably want to jump right in, Benedict, but I thought the I, preface... Yeah. Of the book. No, the preface is worth talking it's about. It's important enough to in, talk about. In the sense that I think we need to emphasize that this is as if Alex Jones wrote a novel. Oh, like okay. it is coming off of having read Alex Jones's this novel. Is, this could be a continuation <laughs> of what we just read. Yes, absolutely. Like this is this is you know if that book was more about the globalists and whatever, mm-hmm. but this is like I feel like he was back on the he was on the deep state like back a while ago, right? He's not. He's oh, Alex Jones, deep state been... is just a, a casual throwout phrase for him when he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's part the, of the. But I, I feel like that was his big boogeyman a while ago, and maybe now it's more the WEF, is it, or is the it? Because I, I don't for, know. I mean, it's all interchangeable. They all mean the same thing. Globalist, yeah. World Economic Forum, deep state—they all mean the same thing. Okay. It's an undefined group of bad guys. Anyway. This could have been written by Alex Jones's ghostwriter. 
Yes, and I will. I have an alternate chapter title for the preface, Benedict. Oh, I didn't do alternate chapter titles simply because I thought they were all so perfect. <laughs> that I, I had no notes on any of the chapter titles. Well, my alternate chapter title for the preface is, but what if it was real, though? Because that's what this is, and I'm going to read it to you. It begins, quote, What if the deep state is not, as some strive to suggest, Unelected government officials, generally in the secret intelligence community and the military, who run amok outside the rule of law. So, sorry, first of all, I, I, worth pointing out, it's he does not even think the deep state, as it is kind of hypothesized to exist, exists in the way it does. No. He thinks the deep state is something else. And that something else is fucking crazy. Yep. He continues, What if abusive elements of the federal government are very much a part of the deep state, but they should be seen as the best of the servant class, not the masters? What if the deep state begins with one of the world's largest churches and one of the world's most powerful families who control London and Wall Street, as well as the central banks, all privately owned in every country of the world? Okay. We went off a rail, buddy. We went off a rail. So relax, please. Okay. One of the world's largest churches. Now, there's two options there. He's talking about the Catholic Church, which would be the typical, because that's what the conspiracy theory is, right? Most conspiracy theorists who believe that there's a a religious element to their, whoever their boogeyman is, it's the Catholic Church who's the Mm -hmm. bad guy. He could also be coding in Jews there. Uh, Because he is most definitely talking about the Rothschilds with the next sentence. Yeah. It's That's what cool. he means. We will never know, Benedict. We will we, never well, know. Well, we will at some point. Skipping down a little ways, he says, quote, What if the greatest crimes against humanity occur at the banking level, where bankers, which, wow, why are there all those parentheses around it, are able to manipulate <laughs> interest rates and foreign exchange rates, create billions in digital cash without backing, manufacture derivatives that they sell to unwitting investors and start wars to impact the price of oil and other commodities? What if, I, to be fair, I don't disagree that that's This bad, is the weird that, thing, is that this preface in particular, not so much the rest of what we read today, includes so many of those weird crossover left-right things, where it's just like, you know, environmentalism. <laughs> yeah, I, I also it, wish that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's it's how horseshoe theory works. That's really what it is. But uh, there's a lot of it in there, and it's, but it's I, really I, weird. I don't want whatever you want to replace it. It's so one of those, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the point I made with Ron Paul when I said Ron yeah, Paul's yeah. not your friend, right? Ron <laughs> Paul doesn't want weed to be legal. He wants there to be no government to make weed legal. That's yeah. what he wants. Uh, so continuing, what if beneath the bankers are the political parties, generally two parties per country, that conspire to exclude all other political parties and independence from power? What this if- is genuinely non call at conspiracy level. Like, I, we did that on the Patreon for people that aren't patrons. We went through and, and read the Larry Abraham and, uh, what, what's his name? Gary. Do you have it sitting next to you on the Gary on the table? Al. No, do you know what? I, I use it as a, uh, so that the mic stand doesn't damage the table. <laughs> So I use that it, is, I wedge it, I wedge it between the mic stand. And <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you were looking down yeah. there. Like, no, Larry the Abraham and Gary Allen, we did it. And it's literally, this is as unhinged as that was. Yeah, yeah. So skipping over to the next page. What if co-equal to the political parties are the secret intelligence services? What if in addition to spying on and blackmailing politicians and judges, the secret intelligence services engage in drug running, illicit arms training, money laundering, and child exploitation 
parentheses, pedophilia, as a means of manipulating specific individuals. So, Benedict, last time I Mm. said I didn't know if Tom Morrissey was on the QAnon tip. I think I have an answer for you. (laughs) I think we have an answer. He is absolutely a QAnon guy. That is amazing. It's amazing. It's very, very bad, actually. I mean, it's horrible. He was the head of the Arizona GOP. Yep, that checks out, given Carrie Lake. <laughs> yep, it checks out, given all of recent history. Yep. Oh, Christ. But he continues. What if the mainstream media, which is in scare quotes, of course, is a complicit partner with the banking, political, and intelligence communities? What if it communicates to the public a broad range of false information and mixes a broad range of mindless entertainment with outright fake news while failing to do serious investigative reporting or provide any foundation for citizens desire to be more informed about current events, the true costs of policies, and more? What if the universities are also complicit in the deep state narrative? What if most history taught is a lie? Ooh, I think he's talking about something that happened in the 40s, Benedict. I think he's talking about something that happened in the 40s. Um... My, whenever someone says something like that, I just go to that. I think I've said this before, but that Norm Macdonald clip of him just going, "This history book here says the the good guys won every time." (laughs) He continues. What if few realize that the Pulitzer Prize was created to honor the man who invented yellow journalism, the original fake news, in which massive lies were told in order to justify wars? That is actually a good point. Actually true. It's actually true. (laughs) Pulitzer, not a good dude. Remember? This guy wants to shoot us in the face, though, so we can't be his friend. We can't be his friend. What if universities have refused for decades to actually study and publicize the true cost of specific policies, products, and behaviors because they have been incentivized by commercial interests to overlook the fact that most of what the West produces is both wasteful and harmful to human health and the environment? What if some religions are Mm. also complicit in the deep state? What if they are used to comfort and distract the masses, offering a promise of an afterlife intended to reduce demands for economic and social justice in this life? And holy shit, that's the point where, right, we know he doesn't mean what we mean by economic and social justice. We know that. He was the head of the Arizona GOP. He doesn't mean what we mean by those phrases. But it is, holy shit, we got some horseshoe theory coming on here. That's what's going on. And finishing it off, what if, put most simply, the deep state is the totality of the institutions of governments that are used to concentrate wealth and power among the 1% while excluding the 99% from having effective voice and vote? What if the deep state is our common enemy? What if we the people have the power to say no to the deep state? What if we the people have the power to demand election reform? What if we the people have the power to demand that integrity be restored to our government, our economy, and our society. What if this book is dedicated to the cause? Dude, you can just say this book is dedicated. Yeah. You don't have to no, say what if it's dedicated. had a series of what ifs. Yeah. What if it's dedicated <laughs> to the constitution? The one, the, this was the one part of the book that a lawyer looked at and was like, you have to say allegedly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> This bit isn't fiction. You have to say, you have to frame this as a question. Uh, But it finishes, would the answers to the proceeding be in some ways answered? No. No. If you had dedicated this book to the Constitution, that wouldn't answer any of your crazy fucking conspiracy questions. That is correct. 
So, Benedict, okay. <laughs> we're going to have frank. such <laughs> we're going to have such a giggling problem with I, this book. That's good. I think that adds to it. Um, with that framing, let's read the rest of the book. <laughs> you have to bear in mind, listeners, that that is how that is what the people that wrote this book think, and yeah. that will become clear as we read it. But anytime it's not clear from the words on the page, just bear in mind that that is what the, what that is what we're dealing with here. Yep. Anyway. Uh, chapter one, Benedict, mm-hmm. titled Tribal Police, America's Frontline in the Desert. Okay, why is it written like a screenplay? <laughs> that's okay. That's the same thing I had questions about. And it didn't happen in the other chapters. In any other chapter. I, I no. skimmed through. I didn't see it happening anywhere else. It's just this first chapter. And the weird thing about it is it's a screenplay about a, a guy sitting in a movie theater watching a documentary. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Least realistic thing about this book, a documentary playing in a movie theater in Arizona. Least realistic thing, easily. Uh, But apparently our main character, I believe this is our main character here, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he says his name. Uh, So it it is our main character who uh, we'll tell you about in a moment. We'll give you his name. He's in a movie theater. A darkened Arizona movie theater. Right, right. Watching a documentary about Native Americans. Genocide. Um, yeah, which, of course, as all documentaries do, um, end talking about how great the shadow wolves are, mm. as as documentaries about Native Americans often do, you know? Uh, definitely, definitely a real documentary. And yeah, that's the gist of it, is Guy is sitting here in a documentary, Native Americans have been fucked over by the U.S. government, um, mm. but those shadow wolves, they're fucking badasses. Oh, no, but I, okay, I, I read something else from this, too. Did you? Did really? you did you you didn't get this? No. Okay. Well, maybe you will. Okay. So I I know people who Are you use trying subtext. to tell me there is subtlety in this text. No, I don't it? think so. I think it's very overt, and I think okay. you missed it. I think give it. Well, I think this is because of I know kind of what happens in the next few chapters. I think he is equating. European settler colonialism to people who are refugees coming over the southern border and displacing the people that are already living there and genociding them. That's I see that would be subtext and I don't no, think No, I think are but I no I that. think that's what he's doing. I really really believe that. Like he's why would you do it otherwise? Throughout history the conquering of the land that once belonged to Native American tribes which were equal, actually nations in their own right by those who migrated here from other parts of the world was a legacy of cruelty and bloodshed. I think he's uh, setting that up for for a, this is an invasion they're coming to replace you narrative. Okay, really, except really, that this book, as we know, is not about people migrating from Mexico or South America. Into no, the country, but it's Benedict. it's like people. I, I, that's true. Yeah, you're right. But I, you I got really the OTMs. Think, remember? <laughs> honestly, there's so many fucking like I I gave chapter four to my wife to read, and she's like, I don't know what any of these acronyms are. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. Wait till we get to chapter four. Oh my god. Anyway, I think I think they're doing a subtext. I really do. So you can believe that, and I sure. will continue to hold them to their true capabilities of not writing subtext. Uh, I don't believe they're capable of it. Okay, it's possible, but I think it's more uh, accidental. Than we'll let anything. our readers decide. I think it's more accidental. But the chapter, which is like what a page, page. and a half, yep. maybe. Um, ends, quote, A man sits alone, quietly watching the film in the back of the darkened theater. He stirs in his seat and comments to himself, 
It's about time. John Goad rises. That's the voice I'm going to have to do for the, you. Can't do that every, every time. time. It's about time. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm not wearing hockey pads, voice for the entire <laughs> book. That's what I'm I do. feel like there's definitely some dialogue that we have to act out in this book. <laughs> by the way, oh, you get to be tooth. You get to be fucking tooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he stirs in his seat and comments to himself, "It's about time." John for Goad, what? I, who the fuck knows? Because we don't learn that. Uh, John Goad, which is our <laughs> for main them to character. have made a documentary about Native Americans at all. Is that the? <laughs> is that what we're, it's I about? Time, know. like. <laughs> John Goad rises slowly from his seat and continues viewing as he backs up slowly, <laughs> making his way out of the theater. I the just, so I'm imagining him. Yeah. I know he's not, but in like full like assless chaps, just like slowly <laughs> like. Bow-leggedly walking out of the thing. Uh, no, I'm imagining him standing up and walking backwards all the way out of the theater to the lobby. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what it, it says. But in Aslan's chat, yeah, and in then my asking and why that wasn't porno playing. Ca- in the theater. Cowboy hat and the whatever the fuck shirt he has on. So in my, I think he thinks that he is Clint Eastwood. Like I think he, I know he's Steven Seagal, but in my head, it's like they're a Clint See, Eastwood character. I have a different character for you that i think is being emulated here um and i'll talk about it a couple times but it's jack reacher if you okay. are familiar at all have you read any of those books i have not okay they're not bad they're your average you know crime mystery schlock yeah, yeah. big tough guy jack reacher and the the tom cruise movie is such a bad rendition of him well because the, apparently the amazon one is better because the dude yes, they cast is just a, fucking huge yes and that's that's what and he played hawk in uh, the dc universe okay. uh but he jack reacher is supposed to be like six foot five 240 pounds just a solid block of muscle Can, like crush a skull with his bare hands yeah and like every fight he ever gets into it's just like the bad guys are down like immediately because he's just yep. such a badass. That's the whole point okay. of Jack. Okay, I'm okay, pretty okay. sure that's what's being emulated That's the here. idea. Okay. And there's some hints that I, I'll talk about when we get to them that I think are why. So okay. we arrive at chapter two, which is titled Deep State Sign in the Desert. Makes no sense. Um, Perfect. I think, no I think that that's like Tom Morrissey's version of how Native Americans speak. We found Deep State Sign. Like it's mm. the the like racist like yeah that's not chopped right. up. I think cool. that's what he's writing there. Okay, maybe. but it begins skipping the first sentence. But it begins the clouds. <laughs> I don't care I about also your description of the desert sky. Fuck off. The clouds, a brilliant orange, were hanging on the horizon with sun rays lighting them from the bottom up as the daylight crept behind the mountains, off in the distance, but not too far from where a man named John Goad was standing. <laughs> That's all one sentence. Yeah. Also, off in the distance, but not too far, but closer than you think, but maybe a little further than you right. were Right, I was about, I... can you figure out where the fuck, the, <laughs> give me some sense of distance? Well, he also thinks that 30 miles south of Phoenix is 10 seconds from Washington, D.C. later in the chances. <laughs> it continues. Mm. A dust devil was dancing across a place between him and the setting sun. Sure. This tall, lean man who in the approaching darkness could have easily been confused with a saguaro cactus. Because he's just there with his arms. <laughs> and like a Dude, That's the note I had in my, in my book is where his hands up to his side, palms up. Facing parallel to the ground like a fucking cactus. Also, saguaros get like 40 feet tall. Yeah, they're very large. 
it's just a, a, a saguaro cactus that was much closer than he, much further away than he actually was. It's amazing. It's so yep. amazing. Oh, it continues. <clears throat> he was fully aware of a man standing behind him at about 80 feet away in the desert foliage. At first, that man seemed to be taking photos of the evening desert that lay some 30 miles south of Phoenix and less than 10 seconds from Washington, D.C. What the fuck? Why are you... <laughs> what are you talking about? I think he's being like, oh, he had like a, a video connection to D.C. or whatever. Maybe. But like how fucking laggy is your phone that it takes 10 seconds? I don't know what that's all about, but it continues because we're learning okay. about our main character. We need. Yeah, I, don't, I, I feel like we can't we can't read all of it. Just you know, we're not going chance. to, but we, we need to learn about our main character. <laughs> sure, here, right? sure. And it says, quote, the Native American John Nonton Goad had classic chiseled features. Of course he did. And was born and raised on the reservation, leaving it at age 18 after graduating high school to join the United States Marines. Very important that he graduated high school. Yep, yep. Gotta uh, know he's a comes clever up later. dude. Not college, but yes, high school. It does uh, come up later, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> it was clear, even in boot camp, that he had something unique going that had its genesis in the words of his grandfather, who had taught him the old ways starting when he was 13 years old. Like, what is up with these long-ass fucking meandering sentences? Uh, yeah. That, no, I agree. No notes. Guy really um, needs to fix these up. So, okay, he, the amount of times he says old ways <clears throat> in this chapter is at least three. Yeah. Um, also, later on, he says, like, his grandfather taught him the old ways from, like, when he could begin to understand, which apparently was when he was 13. So he's <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that a character clearly based on Steven Seagal didn't have any awareness until age 13. Yep. No object permanence until age 13. <laughs> grandpa! Grandpa, where'd you go? Where'd you go, Grandpa? You disappeared. And I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> hide behind cacti and just like... <laughs> That's why he looks like a saguaro. He's hiding behind... People have been hiding behind cactuses just, his whole life. It's just his arms doing this behind the cactus. <laughs> He's hidden, but you can see his arms at weird angles. Uh, skipping forward a ways, and this part's very important. Pay attention. Okay. <clears throat> Quote. Okay, I'm paying attention. About 20 feet from where John was standing was a rise in the land. He proceeded with what was do he was doing despite the action behind him, moving slowly toward it while shaking, shaking his fist in the air. Yep. The, this was, this okay. was his grandfather's old ways, method of bidding the sun a good night and asking it to return in the morning. Look, I don't want to be disrespectful, but have we considered that his grandfather might have just been shaking his fist <laughs> in the sky? <laughs> old man shakes fist at sky. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, it may be a thing, and in which um, case I apologize, but... <laughs> Uh, as he was ceremonially dancing and chanting towards the rise. Okay, here's the thing, Benedict. This is as written, as we have said before, by Tom fucking Morrissey and <laughs> Stephen Seagal. Yes. Do you think they got any of the Native American stuff right? Do you I really like... think they did? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. There, he began his shaman-natured ritual, celebrating the spirit of the wolf, the dominant creature of the night. Oh, this is the bit where the wolf just comes and kisses him yeah, on the forehead just a wolf, twice. A wolf appears. Wolf <laughs> appears, Benedict. And then it was like, oh, and then the wolf kissed him on the forehead. And then he was like, hello, wolf. And then the wolf kissed him on the forehead again. Literally. And Benedict is not joking. The wolf kisses him on the forehead. Not licked his forehead. Just like, like, mwah. On the yes, forehead. that's how it's, it literally says. Quote. 
He then slowly turned his glance back to the kneeling Native American, kissing his forehead again before disappearing into the shadows, written from the perspective of the wolf. Oh, the amount of perspectives we get in, like, every chapter is bizarre. Like, we literally, you jump from one person's perspective to another with no acknowledgement. So it would be like, he did this. You're like, he was just there. What are you talking about? Oh, God. That includes the fucking wolf. This is so fucking insane. This book is so insane. It's insane. I can't believe it. But so remember, he's out there in the desert doing whatever he's doing. I guess that's maybe what he was saying it was time for. He had to go out in the desert and get kissed by a wolf. Maybe, yeah. It's about time I got kissed by a wolf. (laughs) It's about time for some wolf kisses. Can't go to sleep without wolf kisses. Um, But so, remember, there's those guys out there with cameras watching him. Um, And speaking, speaking of them, he says next, quote, As suddenly as they appeared, they were gone. Motionless, John held his position for another 10 minutes. With no forehead kisses. They just (laughs) disappeared. Can you imagine every time someone disappears in the desert, they have to come and give you a kiss on the forehead first? (laughs) The only way to know it's okay. Uh, (laughs) He held his position for another 10 minutes to make certain they weren't doing the same and waiting for him to move. After a short time, the night sounds of the desert and his spirit wolf helped him to know they were gone. Okay, was it a real wolf or a spirit wolf? No, it's a spirit wolf. He imagined the kiss on the forehead. Did he imagine the people too? Possibly. Because, no, we <laughs> this also... This whole thing is him having a psychotic break. Didn't we get a line here about one... Yeah, all three had been startled by the appearance of the wolf. So the deep state, uh, I didn't even, re- I just revealed that. I haven't read the line yet. Let me read the fucking line. It is, quote, this is John speaking. I thought that we had gotten them all, but maybe I was wrong. Never underestimate the deep state was John's lingering thought. Sure. But we had a line previously that they had been startled by the appearance of the wolf. It's a real fucking wolf. That's not clear. <laughs> There's a lot that's not clear about yeah, this book. Man. I would say so. Yep. Cool. All right. Hashtag, is it a real wolf? We yeah, might not ever figure know. Figure it out. We'll put a picture of it on the page, on, on our yeah. Twitter page, and let us know if you think yeah. it's a real wolf. So we get a flashback now to a few days earlier. This is apparently where all this stuff starts. And mm. John, our boy John, uh, he had a, a CI, confidential informant, who directed him to another young man. You have to know man. that it's a confidential informant. Yes. <clears throat> directed him to another young man, a uh, Native American young man, uh, who, written by two white guys, I will point out, works at a casino. As, you know, they all do. We know mm. about Native American. You know the most, uh, I can't say the most, one of the most racist things I've ever heard my dad say um, is we were going kayaking uh for a week we did like a week of kayaking in the boundary waters between uh, uh the united states and canada mm. um and we were in canada um and the people who were taking us out were uh first peoples that's what they're called up in canada mm. um and my dad talking to these first peoples who are taking us on their boat says so too far out away from uh, population to have a casino out here oh, i was sake. oh dad dad <sighs> Wow, really? That was that was bad. Anyway, so yeah, our our next one of our I think he's going to be so a So now main we meet character. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth is this guy's nickname. Sweet Tooth. That's how they give people nicknames. Yeah, you know. And okay, here's the thing. This Benny. guy loves sugar. Let's call him fucking <laughs> Sweet Tooth. Let's say that somebody has a nickname in real life and it's Sweet Tooth. If you were to shorten that further, you know how you do with nicknames. You know mm-hmm. how that's the point of them. What would you call them? 
sweet tea. Sweet tea. Oh, you go for sweet tea. Yeah. yeah let's sweet tea. Okay. Maybe maybe not just tooth. Maybe Probably not, not just calling him tooth. <laughs> this toothy motherfucker out there. <laughs> What's up, tooth? <laughs> tooth with an F. Tooth. Uh, so tooth has been out in the desert seeing some shit. That's the gist of why we're we're coming into contact with tooth. And yeah, but tooth, a, tooth is a wayward youth, also. We should yeah, say. I think we need to act out this next block of dialogue here. Okay, I think I'm going to do uh, it in a British accent to not that's be fine. racist. That's okay. fine. How come you were out there? Oh, you're not going to read the rest of it. You're spo- no, that's his line. Thought, you're supposed to do no, his line. I, I thought you were going to do the 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 stage directions as well. But no, oh no, fine. I was just reading the line. Okay, we don't need fine. stage directions. Okay, that's fine. Carry on. Do it again. Leave me in again. All right. <clears throat> How come you were out there? I was camping. Out there? Why? I wanted to be alone. I'm trying to find myself. <laughs> I like the image of this guy doing yoga poses in the early morning sun. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I'm trying to find myself. You know, it's yeah. been really tough at work lately. <laughs> I'm trying to get days, more in yeah. touch with my, my inner self, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> I'd call that being as alone as you can get without being on the moon. What the fuck does that mean? Sorry, that that's not the line, but like, what is what does that mean? Uh, I, I like being alone, that's all. How many nights did you see the SUVs, Tooth? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. A couple of times, maybe. How long ago was this? Ah, oh, maybe a month or so back. And you're telling me that you like camping out there enough to spend a couple of nights? Stop shitting me! <laughs> Come on, man. Before you go acting like you don't believe me, you want me? You want me to show you where it is, and you will see where I'm talking about? <laughs> it's like, okay, that's the quality really of dialogue. Escalated. Yeah, that's that's the best dialogue that there were. It wasn't. <laughs> that, it does not get better from there. Nope. Oh boy! So um, tooth. We um we need to. We're five pages in. We need to. We need to get yeah, a wiggle yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tooth is gonna take John out into the desert to yep. to show him he where does. all the stuff's happening. You know, um, and so they they do. That's generally what happened. They they flood. They go out into the desert. And I'm sorry, but I can't not read this portion better. Like this is just it's, which it's where not are optional. we? Bottom of page six. Uh, okay, this is that. after they have uh got out into the desert. Right? They went to the the campsite that Tooth had been staying at. And oh, sorry. <clears throat> just before you do, I think it might be interesting if, like, if people want deep dives into the chapters, maybe we could do those on Patreon. Like, if people want it, like, we might skip over some stuff, but we could do, yeah, like, we'll, a... Yeah, we'll see about it. Uh, but, quote, This was a common occurrence in the Arizona desert between the Mexican border and Phoenix. Something he thought extremely dangerous and, if left unchecked, could cause the eventual destruction of the United States. The deep state within the mainstream media kept the eyes of the country on the flood of illegals that were coming across the border. They painted them as simple people in need of better life. It was a cunning distraction to take the eyes off the drugs that billionaire drug lords were pumping into the U.S. John knew why it was working and saw it as collusion between the paid-off media and the drug lords. Cool. Mm. Yeah, his sense was that the then-presidential administration in Washington was using the media as their potent tool for forwarding their open borders agenda. He felt that they were poisoning the minds of the men who drank up what they were spewing like thirsty nomads on a desert oasis. But then, Ben, this is the part that matters. What troubled... We should should say that this was written in 2017. So this is at the peak of, like, ISIS panic under Mm -hmm. Trump. And, like... And and I think, but I'm not 100% sure, but I think that in this book's universe, Barack Obama is still president. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think this is a a pre-Trump thing. Pretty sure, yeah. Uh, But it continues now. 
What troubled John even more was that the country was asleep when it came to the OTMs, or other than Mexicans. <laughs> other than Mexicans, Ben. I don't think and, that's an official And acronym. it doesn't mean Venezuelans. No. <laughs> no. Wow! Just wow is all so, you can say about uh, that. For, for, for those who can't imagine what that might be which i would imagine would be probably hopefully most of our listeners mm-hmm. uh it's the jihadis that are coming across the southern border yeah because they're also vaguely brown and we won't be able to tell the difference yeah unless you think benedict is is exaggerating nope quote other than mexicans coming across a virtually open southern border into the country and possibly assembling for what america had never known before a jihadi caliphate great <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. What have we gotten ourselves into? Oh, something bad. (laughs) I will say that I am claiming victory because I did claim that that was the the basic thrust of what this book was about, and I have been proven correct. Yeah, you were. I will say that. So, so far, I'm all good. I'm all good. So, uh, uh, John and Tooth are out in the desert for a while. Nothing all that important happens, uh, but Tooth starts talking about how. He saw some dudes in dark SUVs in the yeah. middle of the night doing various and, and, stuff. And John has a has a am I a father figure to this child after five minutes <laughs> crisis as well. That's another thing that happens. He also apparently has the spirit of the snake in his bloodline. That's right. And can control snakes like Harry apparently Potter. Apparently he can control snakes. I'm not joking. No, nope, that's the thing that they say. It says that he can control uh, snakes. And if and there then, is not a something that happens in this book where he controls a snake, I will be so mad. There is a bit so, so later mad. where someone puts the snake at, a snake at the foot of a prisoner and he makes a joke about snakes. So maybe it was just to set that up. Uh, so oh, him- and we're just chaotically bounding between this kid's perspective and John's perspective as oh, well. Yeah, it's um, it's complete nonsense. Until we find the woman's body that's being eaten by coyotes. Yeah. So, so there's a, a dead woman. They make a lot of... They don't of- know. There's, there's coyotes digging at something. Right, right. But what I was going to point out is, you know, he get, obviously, he, he senses something, gets out of the car, chases off the coyotes. Because the coyotes digging at something. He's yeah. like, so, yeah. something's wrong here. My, and, my spider yeah. senses, my snake senses are tingling. <laughs> and then he finds the dead body of what they take extra efforts to make sure we know is a Caucasian woman. Yeah, because they put it real big. Yeah. Why was Caucasian capitalized? I think it's, is it supposed to be? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's a capital, I don't think that's a proper noun. Uh, But it was capitalized, and every time they mention this body, they point out that it's Caucasian. It's very white, yep. And also that it had no hands or feet, but apparently still the head? I thought that if cartels were going to make sure you couldn't figure out who the body was, they'd take the head too? Well, it's not the cartels, is it? It's the jihadists. That's right. It's the deep state. It's the deep state. I forgot. Oh yeah, the deep state. They're not not as good as the cartels. Yeah, cartels much more professional operation. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so they find this woman out in the desert and that calls John, causes John to call the world's fastest CSI team who arrive instantly like, and, in- and he also steals her tooth from the crime scene. Yes, he does. So yeah, if anyone should have the nickname it. Tooth, it yeah. should be him. <laughs> that should be where he gets his nickname from. Dude has a thing for teeth. A really creepy thing. It's a thing different for dude. Teeth. It's not the same guy. Sweet Tooth doesn't have a thing for teeth. He has a thing for sweets. If anything, he's Tooth Tooth. <laughs> 
I got a tooth tooth. You know, I like a crunch. It's like a corn nut. Uh, anyway, uh, Sweet Tooth <laughs> panics that it might be his brother Jimmy who's got mixed up with the wrong crowd and some bad karma. Right. And of course, by a complete happenstance, it's going to turn out that Jimmy's brother and this bad crowd he's hanging out with is actually No, Jimmy very is important. the brother. Jimmy is Jimmy. The brother. Yeah, right, right. Or Tooth's brother, Jimmy. Tooth's brother, um, Jimmy. And this bad crowd who he's <laughs> J- hanging Jimmy out with. Jimmy Tooth himself. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, uh, James Tooth is my father. <laughs> James Tooth Jimmy. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be able to make it through this fucking Never. book. Okay, so Jimmy has a wad of bills that he shows Tooth. I can't say these sentences out loud. I know, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. He literally, he, okay, my brother gave me a bunch of cash, and he's been hanging out with some Mexicans, yeah. so I know he's doing some And he tried stuff. to show me a woman, but then the woman wasn't there, and he freaked out. Yeah, basically. that part didn't make sense to me. No, what? not yet. I'm sure maybe it was the dead woman. And, and uh, my, my guess is that it's going to be the dead woman. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. A bit more creative. Sorry, the dead, the dead Caucasian woman. Yes, you have, to, you have to point it out. Yeah, I mean, okay, it says, this is what, what made it stick out to me. It says, quote, uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, uh, stay there, John commanded as he looked at the handless and footless body of a Caucasian woman lying in the fresh, sh- shallow grave he had just discovered. <laughs> Caucasian lape. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that made it, and it might not be in this chapter, that's not why I don't have it highlighted here, is there's a point where his internal dialogue is, why was a dead Caucasian woman buried in the desert? Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was like, was it to make a point? Like, no, she was buried, dickhead. That's not, <laughs> they they famously do not do that. They put those things on display. Yeah, it's a bit strange. So anyways, we learn all this stuff about uh, Tooth's brother and how he's been hanging around with the wrong crowd. Tooth's real name is Henry, but he doesn't like to be called Henry. Yeah, he gets pissed off if you call him Henry. Never call him Henry. Make sure you never call Tooth Henry. Oh, also, they're talking about are the Mexican military running practice drills on this side of the border. Yes! Which is another uh, far-right obsession of certain groups. Um, You can hear plenty of old callers calling into Alex Jones. Alex had on, like... For example, one time, I can't remember the guy's name or anything, but I know he had on some guy who, like, ran a border militia and claimed right. to, like, be held hostage by a Mexican military who had crossed over into the United yeah, States. Yeah, this it's, is this is some, some Alex Jones shit, for sure. It's Alex Jones And hold on, you know sure. why they were suspicious that they were military? Did you catch, did you catch the reason why? Mm, no, I don't think I did. Was it the it's, bad accents? No, it was uh, on page 14 right at the top there. It's we, He describes them as some heavy-duty hombres. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then we also learned that there were some Arab guys out there uh, described Who, as quote, heavy breathing. breathe heavy. <laughs> Look, um, you know, some people just have sleep apnea, man. You can't Sorry. you can't criticize everyone. There, for was, there were these heavy breathing Arab guys coming out with them. Heavy breathing. What was making them breathe heavy? No, it doesn't have nothing to do with breathing. It's like the way they talk, man. Yeah, sure, yeah. Dude. they like, had accents. God damn. So I know it sounds like we are glossing over important stuff. We We're have not. not. We have hit every single important point in this <laughs> important chapter. Important plot point. And we and have so skipped the bulk, bulk of to, the actual words. To, tooth Tooth wants to be his buddy cop. His assistant. He has to yeah. be his assistant cop. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's what he it. wants to be. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Great. Okay, chapter Great. three. Chapter three, Benedict, titled <laughs> Hot Girl, Bad Boys. Hot girl, bad boys. Is there even, actually, now that I think about it, is there even a girl in this chapter? There, well, mm, uh, sort of. I oh, mean, it's the reporter. The reporter. Who we don't actually think, meet. 
I think there is a woman in their weird squad thing that uh, they go okay, out okay, into the okay, desert. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk about it. But sure. uh, so he goes back to the task force headquarters. John does. Mm. Uh, apparently this is like a, a multi-jurisdictional task force and they got all the best, right? They got people from the Maricopa County Sheriff's and people from the Phoenix PD. They got, they got them all. Pio just, <laughs> yes. They got them all, man. So, um, Bellamy, who's the first person we're going to, I don't think we get his first, do we ever get his first name? Uh, yeah, we do. I think later. I'm not sure. I think I only saw Bellamy. I'm not sure. Anyways, Bellamy is apparently one of the dudes. Uh, He's one of our guys from the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department. He's creepy. Yeah. He talks about how he would really like to help this reporter who wants to meet with John and gets a little creepy about it. Yep. That's 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 what it is. But so, yeah, that's the first thing we really hit is that there's a picture of a reporter on John's desk. Well, in also, a seductive hold on. Just, red just real dress. Quick. Just real quick, yeah, because that's how that's the report. That's the photos reporters hand out of themselves. Yeah. Um, he says, "Where you been, Moose?" And then just <laughs> doesn't address the fact that he calls him Moose at all. See, obviously, we should be calling him Saguaro because yeah. we know that's what he looks. Like. <laughs> so many mooses in the desert. <laughs> Meese, Benedict. It's Meese. Um, <laughs> Von Meese's name yeah. after a flock of Meese. Uh, anyways. So yeah, this reporter who wants to talk to John, the way she went about doing it, the way she went about making sure he would return her call is leave a sexy Polaroid on his desk. No other information. That's it. No other information. And be like, hey, big boy, I heard you love coffee. <laughs> like that's yes! That's literally it. And yes, that is a point of these first couple of pages is Bellamy telling John, hey, man, she knows you're a coffee freak. She knows you're a freak for them beans. The words coffee freak are on the page. I'm not making that up. Numerous times. Coffee freak. Not, not, Not just once. You know, hey, John, you remember that time you got... Kicked out of Starbucks because you stuck your dick in a Frappuccino. Yep, everyone knows you're a coffee freak. The chicks don't want to talk to you. <laughs> okay, well. And, and then so- Bellamy's like, what's she got, Big John? Is she into cops, you think? <laughs> Does she want to thank you for your service before the fuck off? <laughs> and that line, the coffee thing, is another reason why I think that this is a Jack Reacher ripoff. Because Reacher loves coffee. Oh, okay. Reacher, his whole, like, almost every book, like, starts with him at a diner ordering coffee. Like, 90% of them almost, it seems like. So I'm pretty sure that's just, this guy read some Reacher books and thought they were cool, and he thought he could do that, and boy, was he wrong. 90%, that's what this is all about. But so, Bellamy, we do get a description, but I don't. I still don't think we have his first name. Uh, but he's described as a man in his early, early 30s. And a former mixed martial artist who believed that the only way to win a fight was to believe he could. Double yeah. belief, baby. So much belief that he believed that he believed. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about. That's what's really cool about this guy. And yeah, we just get a weird bunch of them talking about what we just read about. And that's maybe one of these first things where we get to in this book where we're like, okay, editors. We know that the right is not allowed to have editors. No. So there was no one to tell him, hey... You don't need to have exposition explaining the scenes that we just experienced as the reader. Not at all. And just repeating what has happened. We don't need any of that. But he's just telling Bellamy about all the stuff that just happened. Goes on for like two pages now. 
And he doesn't. This isn't show. Don't tell. This is tell. Don't tell. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell. 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 And this. Okay. This is where we got the thing where I went. Okay. There's some race going on here. Where it says, "Quote: Why would the handless and footless body of a Caucasian woman be lying in a shallow grave in the somewhere in the desert?" It didn't make sense at the moment. Maybe someone was trying to send a message, and what that message was remained to be seen. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where I got a little bit of, uh, feels like you're obsessing over the fact that she's white. Yes. Yeah. I got that from the first mention. Yeah. I so sk- skipping forward about a page or so, we get to now, they're bringing the task force together. And they the decided together. Yeah. They've decided that they're going to go out into the desert on a scouting expedition. Sure. And they're going to try and catch some of these people who are out there doing vague stuff that we don't know about. We just well, got to We're sure going to find out about it later in the book. Yeah. We meet some other folks who I'm not going to introduce everyone because I'm not sure how long they're going to last or how Armando important they'll seems be. Imp- Armando seems important. He's the, he's the Ar- head yeah. of the... Armando's the head guy, the big guy, the top dog, right? He's yeah. like the, the head of the task force. <clears throat> the only other guy I thought really mattered was Noche. Uh, I think that's I think probably... I presume it's Noche because he's, he's part oh, Mexican. Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't see that. You're probably right. It's probably yeah. Noche. Um, who is described as a 40-year-old Hispanic-slash-Native American who was one of John's trusted few. That's the guy. So he's also a shadow wolf. Um, And so there's a bunch of insinuation that they can read each other's minds is kind of what goes on throughout the rest of these pages here. So, I mean, nothing important. Like, we just go through, like, yeah, this guy who's a badass and that guy who's a badass and this chick, she's also badass because even she though she's Chinese a lady. martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> and so they all get out and go out in the desert and also, basically what's a fire plug? A fire plug? Is that just That's a word another I don't another know. word for a fire hydrant. Okay. Why? Someone is described as a fire plug of a man. <laughs> Sometimes when people are like short and stout, it'd be like a fire plug. Oh, but like you're but hard. But oftentimes like it doesn't hardy. mean that they're like exciting. I don't know why. Okay. It has different Isn't meanings. Isn't like a fire no brand or like a, 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 I don't whatever. know. So uh, a fire, this man is described as a five foot eight fire plug of a man. Which okay, I think so is, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a short little. I think that's Ar- Armando Grant. Okay. I wasn't going to talk about him, but if, you, if you're obsessed with these characters... And I'm not obsessed by uh, any deep means. characterization I'm, and nope, backstories... No, I, just, I was confused by the word fireplug, <laughs> and I had underlined it and, and, and made a note of myself to uh, ask you what it meant. So they are out in the desert now, and uh, they see a Border Patrol vehicle. Um, and but is it a vehicle. Border Patrol vehicle, Kevin? Huh? Is it a Border Patrol vehicle, a real one? Who knows? Uh, well... I mean, it, it looks like it is. It's supposedly yeah. border, border. But John, he knows better, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, so just off of seeing two vehicles in the desert, they initiate hot pursuit. Yep. They saw two vehicles armed, in the desert. Armed hot pursuit. Armed hot pursuit. And okay, here's the thing. They, I don't know enough about situations like this. They might have had probable cause based on where they were. They're, that That's possible. Although... 30 miles south of Phoenix is still like Phoenix suburbs with some desert around it. Yep. Like it's not like they're out in also that was a weird thing to me is they set this in Phoenix when like Tucson is like a hundred miles closer to the border than Phoenix is. Why yep. did you choose Phoenix? Probably because know. he's been to Phoenix. 
That is also probably true. But so they initiate a hot pursuit of these well, two Well, actually, is Tucson in Maricopa County? Do you know? Uh, it's in Arizona. Yeah, I know. I know, know. Much. I know it's bullshit. in Arizona. <laughs> Tucson <laughs> is no, it's in a different county. I'm not so sure. So that's probably one. why they probably want, they probably, the Maricopa probably comes up in, later in the. But one of our guys is like a Pinal County guy. They're like, there are different people from different jurisdictions at this place. I honestly, no fucking clue. It's a bad book, Benedict. It's yep. a bad book. You're, look, you're not wrong. So we get hot pursuit. We get a bunch of vehicles. There is a police helicopter, and they're chasing them through downtown Phoenix, it seems, or what they describe as the bedroom community just southeast of Phoenix, which, I mean, southeast of Phoenix. So Tempe. Say fucking Tempe. Yep. Just say what you mean. Um, so they're chasing them through Tempe. One of the, the, the vehicles they're chasing blows a tire, and these guys go into a house, and now we've got a hostage situation. Uh, somehow they took hostages over a wall. Yeah, and Benedict, how is this hostage situation handled? Uh, they fucking run in and shoot at them. Yeah, as the, yeah. The after yelling, we got us a hostage situation, <laughs> our boy John is like, who the fuck needs SWAT? We're going in. Yeah. Also, having previously said to Noche, please be careful. These people make the Jamaican posse look like Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I would describe as not great. Not great. It's not great. So yeah, they bust into this house and John shoots two people in the face. Yep. And then, Benedict. Here's how the, talk about how the chapter ends. Here's yeah, how the chapter ends, Benedict. Quote, the place looked like a war scene with gun smoke and bodies lying on the floor. The woman was still crying and embracing her injured husband as the task force members nodded at one another. They, the anxiety-driven adrenaline subsiding in each of them. They had functioned like a well-oiled machine that had just saved two innocent lives. Kevin. All lives matter, do they not? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know he thought that was so fucking clever. Yes, he did. Yes, he absolutely did. Like, well, they were white, but we saved them anyway, so. Oh, God damn it. It's so good. All right, Bennett. We are at chapter four. And okay. Where are look, we stopping, by the way? We're at the end of chapter four. We're stopping after chapter four. Oh, I don't okay. think I we can we leave this. We have to do chapter four here. No, no, I agree. No, uh, I agree. I thought we were also doing five, but that's No, fine. no, okay, just four. Fine. Okay, cool. Just four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chapter four is titled... Inside the federal building. To give you no clues as to what the fuck you're about to read, because it is wild. I'm going to read until you tell me to stop, because... I think I might just have you read all of it, honestly. This is fucking nuts! It's fucking nuts, Benedict! Here we go! It's like... Okay, let me... Imagine you're like, hey... What do you think the deep state sounds like? The planning <laughs> meetings they're at, they have monthly that nobody. While can hear. very high, while very yeah. high, you say yeah. these things. Yes. And, yeah. Exactly. Like this is like this is like if Nixon was like, <laughs> this is Nixon's conversations with Kissinger. <laughs> also, fuck Kissinger. <laughs> I I know he turned a hundred this year. Like fuck, fuck him. Just yep. fuck him. Yep. So <laughs> it begins. Quote. The best Gents, opening line of of any chapter, as you said. Gents. And lady, if I can abuse the term, there was laughter at this. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Please be seated. Special Agent Mo Dogface Miner was not a happy camper. 
He just had his butt chewed by the SAC. You know, normal things that people yeah. say. Also, what the fuck is this SAC? Apparently what I'm about to read is what the SAC said to him. What is the SAC? I don't know. Okay. It, a special agent in charge. So we're assuming that these are FBI people. Is that like or a, like a, like a B-knock, like a big name on campus? No, special agent in charge usually runs an FBI field office. Okay, That's okay. that SAC. It's a legitimate term used I mean, in the FBI. So I'm assuming that Mo is FBI, even though we're not really told. Okay. Uh, well, he's not Benedict, CIA because the CIA are fucking them up. But Benedict, shut the fuck up because this okay. is the greatest Sorry. line ever written in any book ever. Quote, why the fuck are you letting our cartel jihadist allies get captured by the locals? <laughs> <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> so good. Continuing. You are supposed to know where every local LEA is in all the time and give these people clear passage. This is a presidential priority. One more screw up and you are headed for Alaska. It is a presidential priority to import the jihadist cartel people. Yes. Yes, yes. Benedict. Remember yes, when is. I described what the book was about and you didn't believe me? No. <laughs> Dogface looked around the table. Every person in the room was a 34th degree bubba with a lifetime of service to the cause, and each was in one of the top three positions of their respective agencies for the Southwestern FEMA District 6 territory. Oh, yeah, FEMA. It's real FEMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Benedict. I told you about the FEMA, FEMA camp trains. conspiracy theories, No, we have right? FEMA trains, which yeah, I know man, you, FEMA you trains. about on Twitter. Not oh, my God, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Yep. God, I have to keep reading. Okay. Continuing. Quote, POTUS has sent me a secure message. He has 1,000 more invited guests as the local sheriff. <laughs> you can okay, just imagine you just him, like, called them jihadi the terrorists. Yeah. Why are you using euphemisms now? Yeah. <laughs> you just say jihadi terrorists. So say what you, you know. want. It's so that we know that he knows it's bad. Ah, okay, okay. As the local sheriff calls them, coming over the border in the next month, and he is counting on us to give them free passage. I know it's tough with all the OTMs and every federal, state, and local agency trying Just to Just for a reminder for our audience, that means other than Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> trying to bag as many illegal aliens as possible. But this is how we earn our Cayman Island end-of-year bonuses. So I... You know how... You know how FEMA gives out Cayman Islands. This type is bonuses? legitimately like like uh, this is an I think you should leave sketch. <laughs> Except somebody's got to be struggling to eat a hot dog in yeah. that room. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> it's the one dude in the corner with his hot dog. Just <laughs> <laughs> continuing. So I need for each of you to double down. Next month we're going to try something new. I've arranged for a National Guard unit commanded by one of us, another 34th. Okay, and that's where I started going, wait, is 34th degree Bubba an official title? Is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, because they keep referring to people as 34th, 35ths, and 36ths. It might be a security clearance, or... I don't know, but I guess I'm going to go with... That Bubba is an official title. That's what I'm going to... For the conspiracy, Bubba is an official title for the 34ths. Continuing. Another 34th to schedule a drill that will clear all LEAs from a five-mile-wide open border. Drills, Benedict! National Guard drills yep, to help bring in the New familiar. World Order jihadi invasion! No, but, but, Kevin, what, how are they going to distribute them in the hours of darkness that they'll have less after they get across the border? 
Oh, Benedict, I'm, I'm really glad you asked that. And let me uh, read to you where they describe how that's going to happen. Ahem. We are going to jam 500 jihadis up America's ass in one night. The With hard a FEMA part, train. The hard part is going to be distributing them in the few hours of darkness that we will have left. FEMA, this is where your private train comes in. I'm presuming the head of FEMA is in the room. Like... <laughs> I want to load all 500 on your train, which will be announced as rapid deployment test and evaluation, and then have you distribute 25 at a time from here to Ithaca, New York. I know that's not the most important thing, but that's not how you spell Ithaca. <laughs> they misspelled Ithaca. Yeah. <laughs> They, they spelled it I-T-H-I-C-A. My wife noticed that when I made her read this chapter, so shout out to her. Oh, God. But then it continues, Benedict. Oh, fuck. And this is where, boy, this was good. Um, you will have one boxcar isolated from the larger group, and that will be how we transport the radioactive material and explosives that will be dropped in Phoenix with 36th, a part of the special team. Why would Phoenix? Okay. Why is the heavy stuff going to Phoenix? Because they're going to nuke Phoenix. They're already going to nuke... Nobody cares about Phoenix! Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know why. They're going to go to New York to bring it back to Phoenix. They're going all the way to Ithaca, New York. No terrorist leader in his right goddamn mind is focusing his plot on Phoenix goddamn Arizona. I think even in the Ben Shapiro book, they nuked New York. Yes! Because that's where you would go! Yeah, or DC. Any of our terrorist leaders listening, give us a... Please, yeah, give us us a Let me know if you're going to nuke New York. Let us know where your plot is focused on. I think you're all right in St. Louis as well. <laughs> exactly. Nobody cares. I'm safe out here. So I'm going to skip a big paragraph. Uh they're just talking about, yeah, we're going to, you know, uh we have school buses, uh shielded school buses. They're going to be taking these people to drop them off where they need to go. We're giving them a backpack full of, you know, uh, uh and bombs food. and food, water, that sort yeah. of stuff. But then it continues. <clears throat> now, any questions? <laughs> Tom, specifically. Tom, any questions? You were a dumb fuck last meeting, Tom. So have you got any questions? I love the devotion to realism that any meeting, even if it's for a terrorist plot, has to end with a, any questions? Because somebody in that room is a fucking dumbass who's going to need to ask a stupid question. And not just that, but like when nobody asks a question, you have to be like, someone please fucking ask a question (laughs) and point to someone and be like, Tom, you you got anything for me? (laughs) But see, that's how I like to imagine it is that he just pointed at Tom because Tom was Tom was a plant. Tom yeah. was set up so that there would be somebody to ask him. Tom, you look like you might have a question. <laughs> Tom, you look like you're holding a piece of paper in your hand with the question that I wrote ahead of time on it. Is that my Would you hand please hand ask it now? Paper, Tom? <laughs> and Tom asks, <clears throat> Sir, we've detected communications between Mexican intelligence and the police chiefs in major U.S. cities. Maricopa County, Arizona in particular. That's my addition afterwards. That wasn't actually on the page. So the Mexicans are actually trying to stop this. Apparently. But, but the with the help of the US police chiefs in major U.S. cities. Yep. The Mexicans are on to us, and they seem to have decided it's in, our, in their interest to help U.S. police stop and expel the OTMs, including our jihadists. Any thoughts on this potential threat to the operation? In which uh, Mo takes it takes back the mic, sorry, dog takes back face. the speaking stick, uh, and says, "Thank you, Tom. Uh, 
POTUS is aware of this new Mexican campaign. Uh, he is mobilizing the 34th through the 36ers on the Mexican side to try to redirect uh, their official resources to the Yucatan, where our, CI- our CIA counterparts are assassinating a few landowners and uh, generally making their usual... Me- I like to imagine it was delivered sort of like that and just sort yeah. of the business... You know, we're moving some uh, assets We're going to circle around. back on the uh, the revolution in Mexico. We're, we'll... We are getting rid of the vending machines on 34 because... We're going we're gonna to uh... push the revolution in Cuba to next week because we're, we're a little low on bandwidth with the CIA this week. So. You know, we just have to... It's, it's about quarterly budgets, people. It's really about quarterly budgets. We're going to have to kick it into H2. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they are trying to uh, instigate rebellion in the Yucatan Peninsula to help uh, get the Mexicans off their ass. Republic of the Yucatan, yeah. Yep. And then it continues. I'm just going to read through to the end of the chapter from here, yeah. Benedict. Uh, quote. Separately, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who was always a 36er, is in the process of handpicking new chiefs of police, and the mayors, many of them 35ers, are being offered substantial financial incentives to switch out the few remaining chiefs that are not part of our movement. And I feel like this is Tom uh, hearing and misunderstanding the constitutional sheriff's argument, Mm. and he just thinks it's police chiefs. (laughs) That's how I feel like it's going on here. Because most police chiefs are just appointed assholes. That's all they are. Uh, Continuing. One last thing. The white hats within the CIA. And that's total QAnon stuff. this This is straight QAnon here from the rest of it. The white hats within the CIA are starting to piss me off. They've been running undeclared drone operations in our territory. And I'm concerned that they and some of the military white hats might be planning to intervene to stop our program. There's also a U.S. Marshal in Phoenix who has been asking too many questions. Mm, Is that our boy, John? (laughs) Well, it continues. And, of course, the goddamn tribal police taking down some of our people in the desert. That's our boy, John. I have assigned our Whitewater Enterprises contractor... That is way too on the nose. You remember how? Yeah, remember Blackwater? Yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> no, do you remember in the uh, uh, MAGA hat romance book how we got, what was it, like black fire or something? We got like yeah. gray fire, whatever the fuck we got. It was like just black water, but a little bit changed in here. Yeah. Same Not even thing. that. Uh, white, white, wa- white, white, assi- uh, you know. I've assigned our white water rafting contractors. <laughs> that would be even better. That'd be just so much an better. absolute, like, just a white water rafting instructor. He's like, look, you look, for- this, this rubber raft full of tourists isn't going to get down this goddamn <laughs> river on its own, son. Like they've done, they've done SEO and they've gone like, they've, they've managed to jump above the actual contractors through their SEO for their white water rafting. And they've just been accidentally caught by until for the government to go and clean up this mess. Oh, this book is so good. So good. So good. I've assigned our Whitewater Enterprises contractor the mission of terminating these annoying assholes. Those of you in a position to do so, when they end up dead, make sure the investigation is slow-rolled the way we have slow-rolled all of our executions of high-profile people. Clinton body count. That's what it is. And that's the end of the chapter. Okay. Oh, boy. (sighs) I had fun. Um... Can I read some of the chapter titles to come, just as a, a teaser? Please, Not all please of them, do. Just, just, please just some, do. Of, some of my favorites. 
Uh, chapter 11, The Cartel and the Jihadists. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 16, The Coffee Pot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> chapter 21, Deep State Jihadist Army Revealed. <laughs> That's chapter, brilliant. Chapter 25, Cartel Joins the Jihad. Uh, okay, chapter, these, chapter, I'm starting to think he took no creative license with these titles none. and was trying to be descriptive. Chapter 28, The Saudi White House Jihadist Plan. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. This is going to be such a, a good trip. book. I'm I so excited. Wait. I hope everyone so has enjoyed excited. me laughing for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's much more engaging than I normally am. But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Dapper Dinosaur, Carrie Conrison, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson-Fetro, Stephen DeBeau, Tori and the Gallants, huh? Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S. I love it when Jordan yells out, thank you very much. Also, go listen to NYGBC Podcast. Little Flick, William Patterson, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dackler. Join us next week when our guest will be the creature that nests in Dorm- Norm Pattis' hair. <coughs> it's a long one. <laughs> Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Bur- Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Paws Loves NYGBC, A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Sharkbelly, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanan, and Balls Watterson. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, they call me Tooth. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.